Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom. We are brought to you by our great sponsors, Manscapes. We are also brought to you by the Wolverines Michigan Football Preview Magazine, 160 pages. It ships in July. It prints in about a week and a half, so we're working hard on that. Go to the WolverineOnDemand.com to get your copy if you pre-order it before june 27th then you will save on shipping it'll be nine dollars off free shipping so do that right now you're gonna get it anyway so just get it before june 27th get yourself that free shipping uh also members of the wolverine.com can also get that for an even more discounted rate so head to the wolverine.com message board uh the fort for that but uh enough plugging that hope everyone goes and gets it anthony and i the rest of the crew working really hard on the football preview, but let's start with some football talk. We've also been on the road a little bit, getting out. The whole uh, summer satellite camp tour is underway. Michigan with a huge month coming up this weekend, big recruiting visitors. Uh, Next weekend is Victor's weekend, and uh, that is the biggest recruiting weekend of the summer, so things are kind of heating up on that front when it comes to the Michigan staff uh, i was out at ferris state last week for their mega camp that featured dozens of schools uh, including the entire michigan staff jim harbaugh there spoke to us as well after his speech to the campers and then anthony and i last night wednesday night we're out at wayne state mike hart along with ron bellamy showing face there at that camp so uh, i don't know anthony i'll throw it to you just quick first i mean your thoughts just from kind of seeing these guys head around the country seems like they go from one place. I know I was 
talking to a couple on the uh, people on the staff at Ferris State, and they were going right from there to the airport and back on the road to other camps. So they're they're hitting these things pretty heavy over the ten days that they're allowed to. There's not a lot of downtime, is it? Like we don't we're not feeling downtime because, like you said, we're we're working on the football preview and getting out to these camps and making sure we throw another log on the fire on the website, keep things burning over there. So I feel like these guys are stretched pretty thin right now. Uh, the feeling is mutual in a different way for us, but you know, these are guys that are, are putting in the work, you know, they're going across the country, they're shaking hands, they're kissing babies, especially Ron Bellamy. I mean, wherever he goes, he's, you know, he's the mayor. I think he could run for mayor of Detroit and win right now. That's how popular he is. Uh, down there. So, yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen those guys around. We've seen the players run their camps. And I think my biggest takeaway from this camp circuit has been the players. Now it comes with the caveat that like some of them can make, you can make money running a football camp now because of name, image, and likeness. But, you know, a takeaway, you know, between, I want to say the two camps I've been at with players, I want to say there's been maybe about 25 ish, players different players that i've seen out there and and all of these guys they are engaged they look like they want to be there and not to take too much away from it you know we're we're kind of stretching a storyline maybe more than it needs to to a certain extent but i don't know if like if this had been a thing a couple years ago and and this isn't naming names this isn't picking on anyone on the roster like i when we go to these i see a cohesiveness i see guys that want to be there that are passionate about playing football. And you see, like, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, normally when we get to talk to these guys, Clayton, it's in a, I don't want to say a sterilized situation, but they're standing at a podium and and there's a bunch of nerdy media people there. And they're probably bothered by it because there's so much other stuff going on. And when you go watch them coach or you go watch them be part of the camp, you see these guys open up a little bit more. You see them in their element. And I think what we start to see is what Jim Harbaugh sees when he builds this roster. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway to me so far is that the hardworking staff that they're sending all over the country, I do think that's rubbed off on the players. And I think that the culture is is as good of a spot as it's ever been in. Winning helps that, obviously. You're coming off a Big Ten championship. You're coming off the program's first trip to the college football playoff. There is a things got a little wonky in the winter, but there is a enthusiasm. I hate, you know, I'm not trying to be corny here, but there is an enthusiasm about these guys that I think it starts at the top and it bleeds down to the rest of the roster. And it is, to be frank with you, it, it does, it, it rubs off on, on us as well. Cause it makes, it makes me more excited to be around football this year and to cover a team like that. Definitely. And you, bring up those player camps i doing so much i almost forgot that both of us were also out on sunday at the tough camp which is for a great cause so uh started by adam shibley who was form uh michigan's former linebacker there uh also involved joel horningford uh former defensive tackle jess spade i think is the cfo uh where they donate the proceeds to these camps to uh less fortunate youth and get them new uniforms in doing that, they're also doing a great cause by holding these camps for other youth kids. And, you know, they're paying a little bit to be there. And there were, what, about 15 Michigan players there in the two sessions. They were there for, you know, four hours, more than that, eating pizza with the kids afterwards and all that. So it was super cool. And I talked to Cade McNamara after his, uh, you know, after the camp. And he, he said that, yeah, I mean, the guys that are involved were just hitting up other guys and saying, hey, I need you out here. And, you know, what are you doing on Sunday night and all that? And 
next thing you know, there's 10, 15 of those guys on a Sunday working with fourth graders. Uh, and so it was pretty cool to see. You can see some of these guys are going to be future coaches. I think Chris uh, Ballas mentioned that A.J. Henning, Mike Morris is another guy like that. Cade McNamara was really eating it up. And to use a Jim Harbaugh term from this spring, a lot of these guys, when you see them out there, they're kind of like kids in a candy store. Uh, they just love being around the game. So I totally agree with you there. Um, also of note from that camp that we went to and also from talking to Jim Harbaugh last week is Ronnie Bell's status and how he is coming along. He's, you know, I, I don't want to speak for him and say 100%, but he is fully cleared to participate in everything this summer, uh, also into the fall for call, fall camp, obviously. And he said he's feeling good. He said he did not go through that nine months of rehab to come back and just be the same player. He wants to be even better. Jim Harbaugh said last week that he's, he's you know, from what he's seen, his eye says that Ronnie Bell is going to be even better. And people forget, you know, it was disappointing to lose Ronnie Bell last year. He led Michigan in receiving in 2019 and 2020, which is a rare feat for a guy to do it two times in a row, especially when you were a two, three-star recruit. Um, but he, he looked like he had another gear last year in that first game against Western Michigan. Had the 76-yard touchdown. He had a, that sick one-handed grab that got called back from a penalty. He had the punt return, which he ultimately got hurt on. And, Anthony, you wrote the story about this as well that he's not afraid to return punts this year, that he was actually the one that was pushing for that job in fall camp. So everyone that was blaming the staff for, you know, putting him out there and, you know, compromising his health, you got to remember that that these guys are competitors. He wanted that job. But, not, you know, huge news to have Ronnie Bell feeling good on track. It's kind of what you expected, but to hear it from him himself, and we got to talk to him for about 10 minutes, I thought was huge. Uh He's going to be a big piece, uh, a guy I think people aren't talking enough about. And the attitude's good, too. Not that there was ever concern about that, but it seems like, you know, ACLs aren't what they used to be. Even for the college kids, like, it's, I don't want to say it's the equivalent of a nosebleed now, but you can go in and, and you know, obviously it's a grueling rehab, and it's easy for me to sit here with with two uninjured knees intact for the most part. Uh, still make some weird noises when I wake up in the morning, but... It's neither here nor there. I'm not a division one athlete, but for those guys, it's, it's pretty routine now. And you know, you, you can come back better because I think the medical, uh, the tools we have available to us medically allow for that. The rehab stuff is as good as it's ever been. So when Ronnie Bell says that he has a chance to come back better than ever, I believe him. And as far as the punt return thing goes, I think a lot of people are uneasy about, you know, that's, that whole the storyline coming off of that was that it was irresponsible for Michigan to have him returning punts and things like that. And he made it very clear when we talked to him, he's like, I pushed for this. Like I wanted the job and it's not as simple. Like when you, when you play Madden, right, you can just go in and toggle the fastest guy on the roster to play, uh, play kick and punt return. And, and you think it's just that. Cause Oh, well, you know, their receivers are running backs. They can catch the ball anyway. It's not like that in real life. Uh, very rarely uh, is it that simple. So I think you saw, I think you saw the value of like Ronnie wasn't just there. Like he was legitimately good at it too. And it was pretty telling that when he went down, basically what they had to do was take Caden Colsar and just throw him back there because they knew he could fair catch it and you wouldn't be hurting yourself in that regard. So listen, in college, like the NFL, they had their, the guys that are specialized in that role, but college, you see it all the time where your best players are on special teams. And what's the difference between, you know, getting rolled up on strangely on a punt return than if you were, you know, running a slant or 
uh, running a play down the field. Like it's just it's football. It was a freak play. You know, you tend to believe like I, I'm of the belief if if a knee was that close to going, maybe it might have gone anyways. I don't know that. I mean, it depends for each guy. But all I know is that last year I watched Jamison Williams. Uh, I think tear up Georgia's defense in the SEC championship game while still playing gunner on special teams. So it's just <laughs> some of those guys are cut from a different cloth. And and, and I'll say this too, like I don't think I, I think that AJ Henning with another year is going to be fine for that job. Blake Corum is obviously capable of, of returning kicks as well. I don't think they need to re- uh, to put Ronnie Bell back out there. And if they don't put him out there, I don't necessarily think it'll be because they're trying to protect him. But if he wants the job and he's the best guy, I think he should be out there because as we've seen, special teams can completely flip a game. So it's good to know that he is open to returning to that. I don't know if that will necessarily be the case. And I don't think it really even has anything to do with him being afraid or the coaching staff being afraid. There are just other guys now that have experience too. And if there's not a discernible drop-off, then yeah, I think you can kind of wrap your head around, okay, well maybe we don't need to put him back there. I agree. And you're right. Like, once he went down and once they got that figured out with Henning being able to go back there and, you know, was more sure handed than he apparently was in practice before that, those guys have grown in those roles a little bit more. You don't necessarily need him back there. I think AJ Henning's actually more of a natural punt returner than Ronnie Bell. Um, and, and I think he really has the skills for that. I think he could do it for a long time. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out, but very encouraging stuff from talking to Ronnie Bell. Uh, as Jim Harbaugh said last week, the summer cycle, as he has coined it in recent years, which is basically just the summer workouts there with the strength and conditioning staff, also the captain-led practices and things like that, are underway. They, those started last Friday, so Michigan really getting into it um, as they go forward here. Asked Ronnie Bell who some of the top leaders were that are getting guys together because obviously they won't have the captains until fall camp, but it's you know him, Blake Corum has really stepped up. As a leader, Cade McNamara has always been there. Mike Morris on the defensive side of the ball uh, was another guy he named. I can't remember if he named anybody else on defense. Um, but that is uh, their full steam ahead at this point, and it's crazy. 86 days until Michigan kicks off. Not a math guy, but around, what, 50-something, 60 days until fall camp starts, which is just crazy to think about. We'll be down at Big Ten Media Days in late July, uh, the 26th and 27th, I believe. And uh, then things start to go from there. Michigan also will be having their uh, tour of Michigan, their trip around the state in late July there. And uh, they'll be traveling in luxury down to Indianapolis for Big Ten Media Days while we'll be we'll be hitting the road, of course. But uh, it, it's going to get real, uh, real soon. Uh, I think that's that's exciting for Michigan. A lot of anticipation for this season and putting together the football preview magazine. Another shameless plug. It gets you excited about what Michigan has at just about every position. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, also, in, in Anthony, you put together the Big Ten preview for that as well. It gets you excited about, you know, watching some of these other teams and seeing what they're going to be and, you know, how much each team has returning and what kind of recruiting classes are coming in. Any takeaways from that Big Ten preview as you kind of went about it? 
Yeah, actually just submitted that. I believe it was either late Tuesday night or, or on Wednesday morning. And no, it's no spoiler alert. I'm not sharing what it looks like, but I've seen the page proof of it now. It was sent back to me and man, it looks great. It, like it's so it's little inside baseball in this whole process. Like we pretty much type all this stuff out in a Word document or a Google Doc. So it's just black words on a white page. And to see it transform from that into a full color four page with pictures thing, it is it is so cool. And it's a lot of work. And and to be frank with you, we are all stretched pretty thin right now and we're all pretty exhausted from it. But having that in hand a couple weeks from now is going to be so damn rewarding. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what that looks like. But in terms of takeaways from the Big Ten, you know, I think that We've always had an understanding, like even just going back to, I think it was maybe February, we did a look ahead issue of the magazine where you're looking at what's back on the roster. Obviously, we've had the benefit of spring football now and and the inside intel, knowing where things are heading. I think we've always kind of known that this is going to be a, a good football team. And when you start to do a deep dive on the other teams in the conference, what you're seeing is, I think, outside of Ohio State, I don't even think Ohio State is this Goliath that people are kind of putting them out to be, especially I think the Vegas odds have them at minus 400 to win the the Big Ten. Michigan's at plus 800. Like, if you want to say that Ohio State's the favorite, fine. I can wrap my head around that, but I don't think it's that big of a gap, to be frank with you. And I think that Michigan is going to be a really good team. Obviously, I think that the floor for this team is probably – nine and three, eight and four at worst. And the ceiling is, is obviously what we know that they can accomplish based on last year. You look around at the rest of the conference and it's just, you know, I see, I see a scenario where Ohio state is the buzzsaw again. I see a scenario where uh, maybe Michigan state surprises people or Penn state, you know, they're 11 and 11 over the last two years. Maybe they return to form uh, from earlier in the James Franklin era. Like, you start to see these kind of, you know, how the other rosters shake out and who some of the best players are. And, you know, there's a lot of positions on Michigan's roster where I don't know if I would take the room of other teams in the Big Ten over what Michigan has in a lot of different areas. Obviously, probably at quarterback, you you would take the burden. Like, we know that J.J. McCarthy has a chance to be a star, but you'd probably take the burden hand of knowing that you have a C.J. Stroud or that you have a loaded wide receiver room. But... In a lot of other areas, like I, re- I feel really good about where this team stacks up. And and out west, I think that's the biggest takeaway. Is I think the Big Ten West, while it's still likely that whoever comes out of that division gets pummeled by whoever comes out of the East, I, I think that there's going to be some really good quality competition out there to come out of that division. I think there are four or five teams that, if things break right, you could see them playing in Indianapolis. So that's where we're at right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of work still to do. I mean, you've you've done honestly, to be frank with you, you've done more of a deep dive on the rest of the teams in the conference, or at least who's on Michigan's schedule than I have. Once we put this football preview to bed, I'll be diving into the other magazines and uh, eventually even get that Phil Steele preview, which I consider to be the Bible of these off-season preview magazines. Um, I'll do the deep dives, and, and there'll be more content coming throughout the summer. But I think my biggest takeaway is that. Michigan has a chance to like last year. I've, I've said I've pounded the table for this since it happened last year. Last year does not have to be this lightning in a bottle Cinderella season. I think there's a real chance to keep building off of that. It's easier said than done, but I agree. I, I think the what they did last year, not just 
with the wins and beating Ohio State and winning the Big Ten, not just on its own, they reset a lot, and that's including the culture, stuff that we talked about before with just that that life is is back, that buzz around the program is back, and I think that's going to help. And then they're also stocking quite a bit of talent. I'm looking right now at the Athlon preview and their unit rankings in the Big Ten. Michigan has a top two position group uh, in five out of the eight that they ranked, or five out of the seven that they ranked. No, five out of the eight that they ranked. Quarterbacks, number two. Um, running backs, number three. Wide receivers, number two. Offensive line, number two. Defensive line, number two. Linebackers, number four. And defensive backs, number four. So you're talking no worse than bottom or no worse than top four. Top two in four out of seven, right? And that's that's crazy to me. Like, a year ago, we would not have said anything close to that. I think people were saying there's no position group that's even, uh, you know, top half of the Big Ten, uh, you know, that's proven. Maybe you would have thought that about one or two or whatever. David Ajabo was just a name at that point. Go back to last year. So what they've done in the last year has been pretty amazing. And we're entering a year where Michigan has loads of talent. Uh, I was also putting together uh, for the football preview, looking at some recruiting rankings of these teams on their, you know, their rosters, what they have now. And uh, unsurprisingly, Ohio State was way ahead of the pack, but Michigan and Penn State too close to call at number two. Uh, And then it's everybody else. So it it tells you just how well Michigan has also recruited. And then you consider the fact that guys like Ronnie Bell were under the radar recruits and a ton of others on the team. They've done a good job of developing too and gotten to them uh, themselves to this point. But I agree with you when you look at some of the big 10 stuff, Michigan state, I think is going to be pretty good. Uh, I like what they picked up on offense with the Broussard kid from Colorado at running back. Daniel Barker, uh, tight end from Illinois, who they brought in, I think is an underrated one. I'm still skeptical about the back end of their defense. And I was really torn going through and ranking the uh, games by difficulty between them and Penn State. I think they're both going to be challenging home games. But you're right, the floor on this team is super high, in my opinion, when you look at the schedule, which includes eight home games. You have your tough road tests at Iowa, and I think the Hawkeyes are going to have a pretty nasty defense but are going to struggle on offense again. Could could come down to Columbus, and I know we talk about that a lot throughout the offseason. Could come down to that last game, as it has a few times in the Jim Harbaugh era, and now they have that monkey off their back. Um, And just to tease the the preview one last time, talking to five national analysts for our experts roundtable, that was one of the questions. Can Michigan – build that momentum or was it a flash in the pan as you mentioned and uh and they each had different interesting takes on that i think people would be encouraged to, to hear a couple of those but a uh, lot of anticipation building now that you're seeing the michigan staff in person go around to these camps i'm sure people have seen it on social media but it's starting to get closer and closer yeah and the one thing i'll say too about just a, doing a cursory look of of Steele floor what have you I really do think things would have to go terribly wrong to do anything less than nine and three. Like then you're talking about, you're probably losing at Iowa. You're losing to Michigan state and Penn state at home, which I just, I don't see that happening. Um, and then Ohio state, like we know what that has the potential to be on both ends of the spectrum, honestly. So yeah, people like, let's just say they go nine and three and that might be disappointing to people. And like, it would be, cause I think this team has a chance to do something better than that. I really do think the magic number is that kind of ten and two mark, and anything more than that, you're you're over the moon about. You know, it, it's still somewhat similar to last year in that 
whatever happens this year, you're going to have so many contributors back for next year's team. I mean, still could have both quarterbacks this time next year, which seems unlikely. It feels like someone's someone's walking in some sort of scenario. Um, I, I like what they have defensively. I think from a, a defensive front perspective, I think that they're getting bigger and more athletic than they've been there in a while. Certainly you don't have to worry about the fullback playing defensive tackle on the goal line anymore. So it's, I think they're young and athletic in the secondary. I think you know, junior Colson, I think might have as much upside as anyone on this, on this team, offense or defense. I mean, that's a guy who I think is taking a huge leap this year and will be back. So yeah, like even if they do take a step back, like, it's probably more likely than that they take a step back from last year that they then they keep pushing forward and are even better. But that said, like you're building, you're still building towards something. I really do think come, this is going to be a really good football team and could absolutely win the Big Ten, could absolutely go back to the playoff. But I really do think 2023 and 2024, they're probably going to be even better than this year. And that is, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen between now and then. Like we didn't expect no, 2019 wasn't great. But we obviously didn't expect the drop off that came after that, and we didn't expect the the resurgence that came after that. Things can be volatile at times. A couple of transfers here and there, um, injuries, what have you. But it, it's crazy that I, I thought last year would be kind of the build up to maybe this is the year where you get back to winning, um, you know, competing for Big Ten titles. And now it's just like. Hey, like you might have something here and you have a real shot regardless of what happens. So even if you're, let's say you're nine and two going to Columbus, you win that game. And and all of a sudden, like you're kind of have some momentum in that, right? Like real palpable momentum and taking that rivalry back now. So there's a lot of scenarios in play where even if Michigan doesn't win the big 10, they can keep this thing trucking forward. And I think regardless, that's a, it's a pretty healthy spot to be in. Yeah, it's funny that 2021 class said they wanted to be the change for Michigan. They probably assumed, you know, hey, by the end of our careers, maybe we'll we'll get to the playoff or something. Well, they're so ahead of schedule, guys like J.J. and Donovan. They obviously contributed last season, but uh, only five guys burned their red shirts. So you look at – or five or six burned their red shirts. So you're looking at a lot of guys that are still are really talented and they're yet to contribute much, and uh, that's an exciting possibility down the line for Michigan. Uh, let's talk basketball because there is some news on the basketball front. The transfer portal at Anthony and I were talking before we hit record that uh, this thing's just going to be a, a 365-day deal with the basketball offseason. Uh, what was it? Early last week, Michigan lost Musa Diabate and Caleb Houston to the NBA draft officially, uh, and they had a transfer target on campus this week. Before we talk about that real quick, let's get to Manscaped, our great sponsor. We have a Manscaped product alert. You asked for it, and they listened. Our friends at Manscaped just brought back the Ultra Smooth Package. It's time to stop, drop, and order this premium shaving kit. Everyone knows by now that the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best electric shave for your balls, but if you're looking for a closer shave to go bare down there, then the Ultra Smooth Package is the perfect set. It's time to shave that bush of yours and get right to the roots with a discount just for you. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code 20GOBLUE. That's 20GOBLUE at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free shipping. Uh, if you want more info on the Ultra Smooth Package, you can go to the website, but it's a specialized groin shaving kit to help you buff, protect, and smooth your most sensitive areas. Uh, it's a crop shaver razor. 
crop exfoliator and crop gel. You get all of that with the whole package there. So uh, you no longer have to borrow your lady's razor for that precise trim. So go do uh, get that Manscaped product right now. Manscaped.com 20 go blue is the promo code. Anthony, um, Joey Baker from Duke was on campus this week uh, as first reported by our Chris Ballas uh, and Michigan continuing to hit the portal here. Two open scholarship spots. Joey Baker would be more of a role player. Uh, you know, was hurt at the end of last season. Can shoot the ball a little bit. Not the greatest athlete. Concerns about defense are still there for me, even if Michigan picks him up. But I think it'd be solid considering you have two open spots. And then there are other possibilities as well. I know you wrote about this today, uh, pulling up your article here. But um, off the top of my head, you know, Emmanuel Acott from Boise State, also an option. Pete Nance, I think, would be kind of the pipe dream at this point for Michigan out of Northwestern, who could just step right into that front court and be an immediate impact guy. I think it'd be a good situation for him, uh, but he's got some options as well. And then uh, then there's the guy, the, the hot button issue, Amani Bates. Uh, would he be an option for Michigan? We're hearing that is a possibility if they, uh, if they still have some room here at the end of this whole thing. And I think he's probably waiting out. I mean, I'm just speculating here, but there's probably a reason why he hasn't chosen a school yet. So you just put together that article, so people should go check that out. But where are you? Uh, you know, how are you feeling on the transfer portal end of things for Michigan? Yeah, one little disclaimer because I saw it come up on the message board. Uh, there's a couple things I want to make clear about that article. One, someone asked, "Well, why would you cut it off at only six guys deep for the lineup?" That's not what I was doing. I was kind of cutting it off where the transfer guys would slide in. So, and, and I didn't. Uh, the other thing, well, I guess it's three disclaimers. Uh, the second is that. The scenarios in play are just more something to chew on. It's not based on intel. It's just something to talk about. Generate discussion. That's what we do uh, here in the dog days of summer as we wait news on where this transfer portal is going. Uh, three, someone asked me if, based on how I laid things out, if it meant that Joey Baker wasn't a take. I think that if Michigan adds, like, if Joey Baker comes to Michigan, I think that is tacking on to some sort of any move. I think that if, if they're bringing in Joey Baker, it probably means they're going to bring in two guys. I don't see Joey Baker just being the only addition that Michigan would make. Uh, they're still in it for um, Manuel Acott, Jacob Grandison, Pete for, Nance. Yep. I forgot to mention Grandison. My, yep, my yeah, there. that's all good. Uh, and um, by the way, Grandison is visiting Duke today. And that the belief with that is that if the two sides really kind of make a push to to consummate that deal. That's that's probably where he's heading, but I think that he might be a guy that is either at or near the top of Michigan's list there. Um, I'm kind of trailing. Like a Pete Nance, there's been contact there. We'll see what happens. I still think that there's a chance Michigan got on him a little too late uh, based on just the timeline, and, and that's where it kind of hurt that those guys took their decisions right to the end of the line there. But, yeah, I, I think if it's just Joey Baker, I, I think that, I don't think I think the chances of it just being Joey Baker are low. I think there's a chance they could just take one guy, like if it's an Acot or a Nance or a uh, a Grandison, like we said. You know, Joey Baker to me would just—he's you know, kind of like maybe your eighth or ninth guy off the bench, and I don't know if that necessarily makes the team a whole lot better. Uh, it might make it better over, you know, other guys that might play 10, 12 minutes a game, uh, but I think. 
the best fit for Baker in this scenario might be where you bring in an Amani Bates, which we think it's still on the table. I still feel like it's unlikely, but this, the longer this thing lingers, I, I wonder, um, you know, given that there is some volatility a lot, you know, with bringing in Bates, the reason that I would kind of put those two together as a package duo is that you can't just bring in Amani Bates and then, you know, if something happens where it goes sideways and he gets hurt and decides, you know what, screw this, I'm going to prepare for the draft. All of a sudden, like you've added nothing from what that those two additions or what the possible additions could have been. So that's where I would tack a Baker on there, just because like it's a guy, it's a guy that shoots forty percent from three, and there's there's always an appetite for that. So that's the long and the short of of that article and and where things like I don't think we really have an idea of where things are heading, just because things are quiet on Nance, things are quiet on ACOP. We'll see what happens with Grandison in this visit with Duke, but I really do think those are kind of the those are the names that are on the table. I, I believe Ballas had thrown in a guy from Tennessee the other day, and the name escapes me right now. But, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But there's still a lot to sort out. And we talked about it before we were recording. Like, why – the reason that Jawan Howard there, – there's not really a scratched itch in the NBA, which is a, a ever-flowing offseason and, and a 24-7 job because that's kind of what college basketball is becoming. And Howard's being paid pretty well to uh, – to do that at his alma mater and, and maybe he jumps to the NBA later on if there's a fit there. But right now I think things being what they are, it's, it's working out for everyone. So again, yeah, details uh, on the Lakers interest in him came out this week, a little bit more uh, details from Mark Stein, who said that he, he heard Jawan Howard was the Lakers top choice. Uh, now they have their guy and that whole process is over, but uh, it just shows you how much interest Jawan Howard was receiving and how much interest that he turned down. And I think it speaks a lot to how much he enjoys being at Michigan, how much he wants to coach not only his sons, but the rest of the guys on the roster and some guys that are in the transfer portal now, potentially uh, he will be coaching them uh, again, potentially uh, Grandison to me, it'll be interesting to see how that Duke visit goes, but I, I really like him. I think he would be a really good piece for this team. He would add that shooting element. He shot 41% from three last year. He's also pretty strong. He's a really good defender. I think Michigan needs that. I don't hate this roster. I, I think it has potential, especially with Hunter Dickinson there, but I think there's a real concern about defense on this team. If you go up and down just real quick, the projected starting five at this point, you're looking at Jalen Llewellyn, who's transferring up from the Ivy League. You look at Kobe Bufkin, who really needs to, to get in the weight room this offseason and, and is, but you know needs to become a better defender. Potentially Jet Howard at the three, you know, he's going to be a true freshman. You look at Terrence Williams, he talked a lot about, uh, I think it was last month in an interview, how much better he needs to get on defense. And Hunter Dickinson, who's really not a plus defender and took a step back last year. I think a lot of that was due to what was around him. But there's some concern that you don't have a total, and I don't think Joey Baker answers that, but a total, you know, defensive guy. And I think Grandison is that typical, you know, the college version of the NBA 3 and D where he's going to knock down some shots for you. He's going to be solid. He's going to keep the ball moving, and he's going to be able to defend opposing wings, something that Michigan had a tough time with last season. So uh, I think he would be a huge get. I think Pete Nance could do a lot of things as well, switch on to guys. And I think ACOT is, you know, athletic enough too at six foot eight, but at the guard spot. So uh, you could do some things with some of these guys. I think it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how it plays out, who else visits, if Amani Bates is a real, uh, you know, thing and that comes to fruition and they end up taking him. So there's still a lot to watch on the basketball front for sure, but a lot 
is still up in the air. Uh, anything be uh, else before we get out of here? Uh, stay out of CJ Carr's Twitter mentions. That's all. Just a little PSA. Uh, wish him the best. Uh, you know, there's no stay out of his Twitter mentions. You can't even wish him the best. No, well, you just just let it be. I don't think that that's going to be like we know where it's heading. We know what's going to happen when he pulls the trigger, likely at Notre Dame this evening. Uh, just chill because I think that things will work out well for everyone. So just trust the. Don't need to address it more than that. Just a PSA. That's all. Dante Moore, trust the process. That's all I got. <laughs> we'll see everybody next time. Appreciate it. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.